Hi there, Julie Foudy, alongside Lynn Olzawi. Wowie. Hi, Julie. Hi, Lynn. What's happening? Oh, you know, living the dream, living the dream. How are you? Good, but I, I think I, um, I almost lost my voice yesterday. I had a mild panic. This is what happens when the rowdy Foudies are here over the weekend for Easter. We had a big old party on Saturday, and Izzy and I had the brilliant idea of having a cornhole competition to the point of brackets, rules, everything. And I know this comes as a surprise, but I get very animated when things get competitive. And (laughs) there might have been some cheering and screaming. Uh, And I woke up the next day and I was like, oh my gosh, I think I lost my voice. And you know, this (laughs) happens to me quite a bit. So I, I started to panic. I was like, I cannot lose my voice for cornhole competition. What is wrong with me? I need to get it together. I get too, I get too excited. I get all fired up and then I start screaming and they get all animated. What was your nickname again? Uh, Loudy Foudy. I don't know why. Okay. Yeah, I don't know either. So how did you do in the tournament? Uh, my partner was Fruity Judy, my great mom, um, who's rocking almost 80, and we made it to the semifinals. Losing out to my dad, Slim Jim, who was with my nephew, Cole, Slim Jim is rocking it at 81. They beat us in the semifinals. Izzy and Ian, Izzy and my husband Ian went on to win it all. Ah, uh, the dream team. Right? That sounds like a fun, a fun family weekend. It was good. More importantly, mm-hmm. can you please give us an update on your social media influencer status? Oh, I would be happy to, because I'm sure that our listeners have been anxiously awaiting an update on my goal to become a social media influencer. I know I have. This podcast has really helped my status on, in particular, Twitter. I jumped to 132 followers, and then Julie made a call to action to get me to 150. So here I am with 206 followers on Twitter. Yes! Kraken 200. Proud of you. Social Media Influencer, capital I. Thank you very much. All right, on to our guest. We are super excited to introduce my good friend and one of the funniest humans I know, the great MC Hammer, Mary Carrillo. She is a mentor of mine in journalism. She played professional tennis before going into a prolific career in sports journalism that includes covering tennis, the Olympics for NBC Sports, being a correspondent for HBO Real Sports. She's written and produced numerous documentaries. She's worked for CBS, for ESPN. She has two Peabody Awards, and she is a member of the Sports Broadcasting Hall of Fame. Mind you, Lynn, the people who go in to the Sports Broadcasting Hall of Fame are people like Howard Cosell, Bob Costas, Robin Roberts, uh, who am I missing? Jim Nance, Leslie Visser, just to name a few. I mean, giants of the industry. And that is Mary Carrillo. She is a giant in our industry. So without further ado, get comfortable listening. It's Mary Carrillo. 
Thanks for tuning in today. Today's podcast is supported by your financial ally, Ally Bank. Because if you're paying for a service, you wouldn't accept anything less than great, right, Lynn? Absolutely. Things like gyms, personal trainers, physical therapists, uh, shin guards shin in your guards, case. Right? We research everything we until sure we do. find the best. Shouldn't we do the same with our banks? We tend to stay with whatever bank we've had forever, not questioning it, often putting up with subpar service, low rates, but better is out there. Ally knows you deserve better, and their mission is to be just that. Julie, it's in the name. They're an ally for your financial well-being. I get it. With Ally, you'll get interest rates up to 20 times the national average and live customer care. And get this, Julie. On average, women, we are paid 20% less than men, and therefore, we really do have to be even smarter about where we put our money. Money means having options to do things like start a business, quit your job, start a family, Retire the way you want or leave a legacy. And when you call Ally, you can chat with a real person 24-7, even on bank holidays, weekends, or during halftime if you need a little financial pep talk. They won't try to confuse you with fancy jargon and you won't get nutmeg by hidden fees. The team at Ally actually cares about doing right by you and your money. And I think as women... We don't talk about this enough, honestly. We should be paying attention to our money and where we put it. It's called money mindfulness. So go to ally.com to find out more. That's A-L-L-Y dot com. Ally Bank, member FDIC. Also check out another great ESPN podcast, Caught Offside, which is all about the beautiful game. Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney break down the latest from the soccer world, everything from the U.S. team and English Premier League to the UEFA Champions League. That's caught offside. Be sure to give them a listen. Kick back, relax, and unwind. Let's have a good time. Find and enjoy in life. We're smiling so bright, talking and laughing combined. Feeling alright, get comfortable listening. It's laughter permitted. It's going to be like that, isn't it? I didn't tell you that. (laughs) MC Hammer. That has Um, been a long-standing nickname for me. Mary Grillo, Hammer Time. Hammer Time. What's the name of this podcast? Laughter Permitted. Oh, that's pretty good. I like that. That sounds like Lynn came up with it. (laughs) (laughs) It's too funny for you to have... Well, I I can give the origin story. That was me. That was you? Yeah. That's actually very nice. It's her go-to philosophy of life uh i'm in i like that philosophy laughter permitted yes so when we tell people that they laugh i'm yeah. like what, what's so funny about that <laughs> it's not funny it's not funny yeah why are you laughing, <laughs> why are you laughing? very good should we set the scene first oh you want to go okay do something official uh we're sitting in my kitchen in naples florida pretty much the only person i believe in this kitchen who has won a medal for bog snorkeling Let's just stay here. Bog snorkeling. Yeah. I am on the edge of my seat, Carrillo. We will play no music until you come back. It will just be my heartbeat pitter-pattering as I wait. Okay, so... Bog what? Snorkeling? Bog snorkeling. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Behold. Behold the bog snorkeling metal. Behold the world... If you don't mind. Are there teeth marks on it? World Bog Snorkeling Championship. And there's a picture. Not of me. 
I'm not kidding. That's better than my of World a Cup. Frog in that's, a bog. That's better than my World Cup medal. Well, yeah. So, can World? I explain to you what bog snorkeling is? <laughs> frog. In this a bog. is. I was doing again. It's I was, real. It's. It's, it's oh, real. It's, I just want you guys to know. It's listen. on YouTube, baby. Yeah. Huh? That's metal. <laughs> that was my head. <laughs> All right, so what happened is uh, we were doing stories for the London Games, and the year before is when I shoot features. You know, the, and yeah. we were going to do some stories about, uh, obviously, about England and about Scotland and Wales as well. And frogs and bugs. And so there is this crazy-ass little town in Wales. It's the, supposed to be the smallest town or county in all of Great Britain, and... They were, it had nothing going for it, you know, except that it was little. And so one alcoholic evening at a bar in this crazy town, you know, there was, they were, everyone's thinking, well, what can we do to bring attention to our, to our lovely. This wasn't your one crazy alcoholic night. No, no, no. Town's no, crazy no I, I do remember alcoholic night. <laughs> Just to be clear. <laughs> No, correct. Thank you for for making that clear. So, clear. so anyway, these these people cooked up this idea. They, all they had in this town really were bogs, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know if you know what a bog is, but yeah. it's this swampy, disgusting yeah. thing. And they lost their cows in it, and you know it's disgusting. They're bogs. It's cold and rainy and boggy. So they decided to to make a lane out of a bog, like turned it into like an a, Olympic size, if you will, bog. <laughs> And then the idea was that you had to go back and forth, you know, uh, to time. And so, like the idiot I am, <laughs> I did it for, I mean, the things I do for my company, for my people. And it wasn't, I, they gave me a medal, even though it wasn't the official championship day, but I went back and forth on, on that bog. And did you time it? And did you win? I had, no, I didn't win anything. I was terrible. It was a bog. It was freezing. I, it was disgusting. On, and then they you're said, you're a professional and, athlete. I, <laughs> no, but there were like snakes on the bottom oh, and, you know, it. critters and, and, oh, and things you with see claws. Did you see you it? You couldn't see anything. It was a freaking bog. <laughs> you do have a snorkel bath on. I, did, I, I was snorkeled up and I had a wetsuit on. And as I said, this is all available on YouTube. This, this <laughs> really seen. happened. This I have happened. not seen the bog snorkeling feature. Who comes up with these ideas, by the way? <laughs> that one was not mine. I have good ones that take me to beautiful cities. But no, that's been the best part for me is, I mean, it's, and you're, you're, you're doing the same thing. You tell these great stories, these features, these interviews, these profiles of people and places, and you get to see the whole planet. I mean, that to me is, it's all I've ever impressed upon my kids. You know, just be a real, Good earthling and check out this planet and, mm-hmm. and take care of it and be a guardian of it and do a better job than we've been doing. That's my, been my message to my kids since, yeah. since they could talk. So that's the beauty of, of my work. And I really do enjoy almost everyone I work with. <laughs> Except for the one who thought of this box snorkeling. That I producer like I don't talk to. I even like <laughs> Matt Allen, I love him. What what gave you? And I remember asking you this early in my career. What gave you the courage to branch out like that? Because there's a lot of people who stay in their lane. Who you know, you get into television. Oh, you come from this world. You're going to stay in this world. And again, you you've done the same. You're doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You're doing mm-hmm. you're doing a lot of stuff. I dream of doing what you're doing. But thank you. Um, I 
you know, I love tennis. It's the only sport I'm fluent in, <laughs> but I love all sports. I love the athletic heart. I love how it beats. I love the resilience of it. Watching amazing athletes in the primes of their lives just succeed or fail and have to reset. I mean, I, I will follow any sport, you know, just just because it interests me that someone devotes so much time and concentration, focus, dedication to this one thing they want to be great at. So when I first got asked to do something other than tennis, my I, I said yes immediately. Not I mean, I don't know why. I mean, it didn't even occur to me to say no. And my attitude has always been, if I stink, they'll tap me on the shoulder and send me on my way. But I also knew that I was going to go in and be excited and be very curious. I'm so curious about about athletes. Um, I always wonder when people, I don't know if people say to you, how can you hang around dumb jocks? I don't think there's anything dumb about them. I mean, some of them, you know, could learn a few more adjectives maybe. Some <laughs> mad verbs to describe their Let's life. Let's be clear. Some are dumb. <laughs> some are, Let's just but, let's be straight up. But what they are willing to do to put themselves on the line, yeah. I, that to me is as good as it gets. Um, so, yeah, I always said yes. I, there are, I can't even remember things I've turned down, except that maybe I was carrying a child at the time or something like that. I, I just love the whole idea of, of stretching muscles and stretching out. You said to me when I uh, called... You, one time early in my career, I said, um, and you probably don't remember this, but I actually used it in my book, um, which is called Choose to Matter, available on Amazon for $10. <laughs> Choose to Matter being courageously and fabulously you. <laughs> Brought to you by Julie Vani. Um, So I, I called you and said, Carrillo, how did you... Uh, how did you branch out, right? How did you, because I, I, I mean, I like soccer to, to your point, right? I love my sport. My sport has given me so much, but I really am so curious about other things. Yeah. And, um, and you, uh, I never got your clearance to use this. Apologies. You're telling me now? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm telling right, you. What the hell? What did I say to you? <laughs> you were, you were, I said, how, like, how did you decide to, you know, host figure skating at the Olympics? And you're, and you with your, your, your trademark laugh, which I love so much, you know, this howl, you're like, because this idiot said yes. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> they asked me if I wanted to host the late night for the Olympics. And guess what? This idiot said yes. <laughs> I, that's <laughs> great advice, right? And, and clearly you listened. Your advice was clearly be the idiot who be says yes. Be the idiot yes. who says yes, exactly. I, I, the stuff I've said yes to is like, wait, even like my kids or my mother will say, wait, you're, you're going to do what? Like, what, what do you think it is you can, you can do? And again, my attitude is if I can't do it, I will be the first one to raise my hand and say, I'm in. But I'll tell you what, the, going back to our, our friends at HBO, HBO decided to do, um, a documentary. It's the first one I ever worked on, um, about the history of women in sports. Dare to compete. Dare to compete. Great and documentary. Donna Deverona and Billie Jean King were going to be the consultants on the project. And Billy said, why don't we bring Mary in? You know, she just started working. I just started calling Wimbledon for them. So here I am in the room with all these really smart people. And and I'm all excited. And, you know, like the idiot I am, I've got, I've got my hand raised. I've got great ideas. Here's who we should. And let's not forget her. And we should get race car driving. I'm, I'm being so annoying. <laughs> 
that I went from being a, a consultant that day to Ross Greenberg uh, saying, why don't you do some of these interviews you want to do? Yes. <laughs> I just said, yeah, yes, indeed. So I went from being a consultant to doing a bunch of interviews to by the end of it, I co-wrote this documentary with Frank DeFord. Frank did the first half of the wow. documentary, and I did from Billie Jean King on. I did from the 60s yeah. on. And that was just because, again, I I have a lot of enthusiasm, as, as you may have noticed. That's I, funny. I never I, noticed that about you. I've, and I've got brain cells I want to rub together. And again, it's that whole curiosity thing and that whole like... I've got bugs I want to snorkel. i got things. Medals to win. There are bugs to snorkel. <laughs> There's only one, and I'm uh, done. But you know what I'm saying? So that yeah. is... Well, come on. And, and you're smart. Like, they, you can see that right away. Your mind thinks differently than most. <laughs> I, and that's a compliment. They, I, <laughs> uh, somebody once said, said to me, like, uh, she held her head up straight, and she said, you know, the world is sort of looking out at itself like this. And then she did this very... <clears throat> Like uh, the head goes sideways and says, your worldview is comes from that ang- from a very different angle. <laughs> that's, that's how I a- feel like I wake up every day. Yeah, so. exactly. I'm just all right. Let me let me organize my my eyeballs here. Where does that come from? Because you find a lot of women in particular. This is something actually I write a lot too, um, and think about a lot with the leadership stuff I do. Is that there's a lot of women who are hesitant to raise their hand and say yes to be the idiot who says yes. Right. And, and, and we want to check every box and make sure we're perfect. And, oh, right. I mean, it's one thing I love about women, but it's also something I think that holds us back is, yes. and by the time you've checked every box, that opportunity is long gone. And guys aren't checking those boxes. No, certainly not. Guys aren't checking those boxes. I mean, so, that's, that's, I don't, I, I guess I just assumed I was such a, a tomboy growing up. I was, all I did was hang around guy. I played every sport. I threw every ball and, you know, I guess I just, it never occurred to me that there was something gender-based about how I should be <laughs> living my life or thinking my thoughts. When, when people say, do you want to cover figure skating? Do you want to cover skiing? Do you want to, do, do, uh, do you, do you speak Mandarin? Yes. <laughs> thinking to myself, man, I better start boning up on the old Mandarin here. If I'm going to be in China for two months. <laughs> like, <laughs> my atti- here's my attitude, Jules. My attitude is, a lot of people are doing it. I mean, they can't be that much smarter than I am. They can't be that much better than me at this. They can't. And, and you know what I mean? Like, how hard can it be if it's something I really care about and I really want to be good at? Mm-hmm. And I really want. So that has always been my thinking. You've been doing this for 35 years. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Give me the sign to raise that up. 36? 37? I think I called 30. my first match in 1980. When you look back over it all, what would you say is your biggest lesson learned? I think it's the one I I seem to have given you all those years ago. Say yes. Be Say the yes. idiot who Be says. the idiot. <laughs> Be the idiot. That's what I want on my grandson. She was the idiot <laughs> who said yes. <laughs> um... I honestly think that's a, I think that's probably the biggest, I don't know if it's the biggest lesson I've learned. Uh, I, th- I think it's the one I continue to give. <laughs> um, only because it makes nothing but sense to try things out and, 
you know, spread your arms uh, and, you know, make your brain pen a little bit bigger every day, you know, take more stuff in, throw stuff out and, and just really enjoy the whole, the whole ride, the whole, the whole, what we get to do is, uh, is something special. Best event ever covered. Oh, you're going to say the dog show, aren't you? <laughs> you are. But again, no. I, I honestly, <laughs> the I'm, national dog the, show. I, I've, I've covered the Westminster. I've covered the Beverly Hills dog show. I want again at this point of my life, I want to do the stuff I really like. I really, I want, I want to be around, you know, two thousand dogs who like see you. Unlike a lot, a lot of other athletes I've dealt with, they got a smile. They lick, they lick you. They let you pet them. They like. They're happy to see you. They let you fluff them up. <laughs> Wait, what's, what's up with this miscellaneous class, though? I find it demeaning. It really is. Yeah. How are they going to have any self-esteem? I, that kind of they, well, look category. At, look at Petey Boy. Look at my Petey's little... A, Petey's a miscellaneous. He's... He, well, we, we've decided he's a snickerdoodle. He's like a mix of, of, of <laughs> random ingredients that some of them came out pretty well. <laughs> um, I, my... I don't know how you, I mean, it would probably be World Cup events that you've covered, I guess, as for your favorite event. Um, mm. No? I've, I've had great Olympic moments. I've had terrific tennis moments. Um, so I've you, had great dog show moments. You, you couldn't give one. Uh, if I had to give one, probably the Jimmy Connors run at the 99, at, at the 91 U.S. Open, 39 years old, gets to the semis. Every round of that was something special. And he, he, the guy just, he throws it all out there and he lets you in. Mm. When, when Jimmy Connors used to play John McEnroe and they really did not enjoy each other's company and they didn't like, but these are two feisty, I mean, guys just trying to, you know, and John would get aggravated and tell the fans to shut the hell up and this, and, and he hated if people were moving out. Jimmy was like, all right, you 18,500 people who've come to watch this match, help me beat this son of a... It was like a talk, like you're thinking, John, what a part of, of this don't you get? <laughs> Jimmy is... You're not only trying to beat Jimmy, you're trying to beat all of those people watching. And they're all against you. Like, don't you get it, buddy? <laughs> don't you? And, and somehow, John didn't really ever change that. <laughs> You know, and or he would win them over, and then he'd you know curse them out in the next month, or yell at somebody, or you know get or throw his racket. Or, um, so yes, obviously my my fondest moments tend to come in my own sport. Besides bog snorkeling, yes. are there certain yes, things Lynn. that you you cannot believe that you said yes to? <laughs> oh, there are many. There are uh, there. Um, I went to a, um, it never ran. It was uh, deemed a little too, I will show it to you. I'll be happy to show it to oh, you. Oh, I thought you said I have air. never ran, like, like no, run, just I, in general. One piece, it never ran. One piece I did for the Pyeongchang Olympics. Uh, it was a salute. It was supposed to run on Valentine's Day. And it was sort of a salute to Korean love. And there's this, crazy island it's actually a very pretty island uh right off of the southern tip of korea where like honeymooners go and stuff but i guess because the society is so constrained uh there's 
a sex park which teaches sexual positions. <laughs> There's statuary there. There's what <laughs> that is so complicated. I, I cannot c- believe that didn't run. I mean, really. But it was go, shot. Go figure. Oh, we shot it. Oh boy, did we shoot it. We shot statuary that, like, I honestly had to like. I looked at with furrowed brows, like for a while. Like, oh, wait, how many legs are there in there? Oh, Jesus! Now I see what that is. So anyway, we digitized that out. There's this, what I thought was a very amusing scene of me walking by and looking extremely befuddled and then just going like, ah, got it. Anyway, tragically, it it was deemed inappropriate uh, for the Valentine's night American audience, but I don't know. I I feel like that's straight up late night TV, (laughs) Zally. It would have had to run on the extremely late night NBC show. No, so I've done, yes, there are things that, yes, uh, but I've done great things. I, I For the Vancouver Games, uh, I went to see the Polar Bears. Um, uh, for uh, for the Beijing Games, I got, to, I got to play with Panda Bears. I wanted, for the London Games, I wanted to do the Bear Trilogy and like, do Paddington or Winnie the Pooh, <laughs> and that was shot down. Most of my ideas get shot down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like the Bear Trilogy. I, I know, I know. Tell me about it. Maybe I can think of <laughs> something in Tokyo. They have bears or they have kitties or I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, I've done, I've done some, I've done some nice stuff, fun stuff. Do you still get the feeling of, I can't believe I get to do this? Yes. I never, I never forget how, how lucky I am. I absolutely never Never forget it. I'm, I know how blessed I am. Again, I want to see the planet too. It's not. I mean, I will go somewhere if it's if it's going to take me someplace I wouldn't get to otherwise. Yeah. When I went to, so I played tennis and I covered tennis for a while on TV, and then I started covering winter sports. That took me to cities. I Cortina d'Ampezzo, and you know, I'm all of a sudden I'm in mountain towns. I'm in winter sports cities that I'd never been to because I hadn't covered an Olympics before. Like, that's the kind of stuff, like, oh, man, I'm, I'm, yeah, I want to see that. I want to go there. Yeah. The Amazon? Yeah. I, yes. I asked to, I asked, no. I asked for an Amazon story um, uh, for Rio, and yeah. I didn't go. Tom Brokaw went. Some schlub. Oh, come they said, on. I know. <laughs> you lost the Amazon to Brokaw? <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm still getting over it. Uh, yeah, it's fun stuff. So one of the things that intrigues me about the two of you is that you took unique paths to get into journalism. It's not like you went to journalism school. Did you study journalism in <laughs> Shoot, I was pre-med. What a mistake that was. I wanted to be a doctor. Really? Dr. Fowdy, feel good. <laughs> Hello. With no one would have trusted me. I thought that I could ask you some questions from a reporter's notebook. Oh, I love that. About journalism. When did you think you wanted to get into journalism? It sounds like you both started off with color commentary in your respective sports. When Mm. did you think that I would actually like to be the person doing the interviews? Mm. Do you remember? Krilov, when, when you, was that your first set of interviews for Dare to Dream? I mean, sorry, Dare to Compete? I had done some interviews for um, for tennis already. I was already, you know, banking those those interviews for USA Network, so I started doing it there. Um, but then the idea of uh, getting a story right, that, I always liked that idea. I always, 
I always thought that was the best part of, of telling it. Like when I, when I quit playing tennis, I was still current. So I knew the players in that locker room, you know, and, but then there comes a time when you're not that right. person. Mm-hmm. And so then you got to dig. And I think that's when it, I think a couple of years into my tennis coverage, I knew that I had to adapt, you know, I had to, I had to start telling stories differently. And, and in fact, in tennis, there came a time when I was working for ESPN, I had a lot of nice years there where they were giving, they, I was doing, a, I had done a plenty of color commentary for men's tennis, and then it was decided that they were going to use guys doing that, so I went over to play by play. I was always making adjustments. I knew, that, all right, they're not going to let me call the color commentary for this. I'll, I'll learn play by play. And I'll do that. And then I, I knew I had about that phase when yeah, you did that. Yes. So I think all along you want to still be in it. You know, you want to, as Lynn Manuel Miranda would say, you want to be in the room where it happens. Yeah. So that, so I kept wanting to say, all right, how do we tell this story? How do I? And then what happened, what happened with me is I wanted to do more profiles on these players. I wanted, to, especially because so many of the players became foreign. You know, when I grew up, when I was playing in the 70s, the best players in the world were American. It was Chris Everett and Jimmy Connors and John McEnroe yeah. and Martina. I mean, they were all Americans. They were all around. And But then it got to the point where my sport changed and a lot of the ple- ple- people were European or Eastern European. So then I would sort of raise my hand and say, why don't we, let me interview this guy. You know, give me an ENG let crew for- Let me go to Paris. Let's, I'm sorry. If I must. <laughs> or, no, or, or just at a tournament, like give me an ENG crew for a half an hour. I'll bring him back a story. I'll bring him back a story. Good for you. And then you start editing your stuff, you know, and then you start, and then you, that's, for me, that's Can how it Can you edit as well? I mean, I, I can't use the actual equipment, but I love being in the editing for, sitting in, yeah. for a feature, like, or for a, for documentaries. That to me is the best part. Yeah. It's fascinating too, how that whole process works. It's, it's, and, and just how, like, just a little, we don't use it for real sports. We're not allowed to use music. Uh, like 60 minutes doesn't use music, but just how an edit can change everything. Just a, 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 a nice low bed of music. Or just some beautiful interstitial images going from mm-hmm. one thing to another. It just can change the mood of something, the gravity of something. So that to me, I think is when I started, I started realizing, yeah, I, I want to, more than anything, I want to be a, a storyteller. And it's fascinating to me too. That's how I got interested in that. And you can shoot something in a day mm-hmm. and even in an hour and get, hundred different stories out of it. No. There's like so many different ways to tell a story. Yes. And that's the, the part that fascinates me is how are we going to tell this? Are, are, is the reveal at the beginning, at the end, exactly. right? Like, and, and you could make an argument for so many different styles, which I always found fascinating. I will tell you a quick story. My dad um, was an art director for a long time, uh, an ad agency in New York, Young and Rubicam. And he was a beautiful... He's, he's still around. He's a beautiful artist. And the storyboards would lay out. The, there'd be little, it looked like little TV screens. And then the captions underneath it, you know, he didn't write the words. He wrote, he drew the pictures for what the story would be. And I used to watch him. I realized my dad. He drew them. I, he hand drew them and he used India ink. They, he used watercolors. Wow. Now they're all computerized, but, and his clients used to ask for the watercolor. I mean, 
Because they were beautiful. Because they were so beautiful. But but I'll never forget. And so I used to go with him on shoots, and I would watch him work at night and on our kitchen table. He'd be drawing these. He'd be making these commercials. And commercials are amazing anyway. In 30 seconds, how how are we going to sell this car? How are we going to sell this pudding? You know? There's got to be a very specific and quick arc. Um, so anyway, my dad was doing a Goodyear commercial. He had had this account, and it was Goodyear tires. And so he he said to me, "All right, tell, let me you tell this story." And he cut all the the pieces out. They're like so. They're like sixteen different images. And he said, "Put them in order." Fine. So I put them in order, and I think I'm doing a pretty good job. And I think it's laying out right, and this and that. And the first shot is of a woman putting on her helmet. You know, her she's it's a race car. She's on a track. And da ba ba, and there's tight shots, ISOs of tires, and this. And then there's the end. She takes the helmet off, and she's got a smile on her face. So my father looked at my work, and again, I was maybe seven. I don't know how old I was. I was a little kid. And he said, "That's pretty good, Mayor. But what if I put this here and this here? So the reveal at the end, you don't know it was a woman driver." Mm-hmm. Until she takes off her helmet at the end. Mm-hmm. The whole point is that this Goodyear tire was safe. You know, this is what you want your wife to drive. Right. This like is what you, you want your daughter to drive. Driving fast. Correct. I think it's a man. But that was like. That's cool. It was really, it was like, oh man, that's really good, dad. <laughs> it was a I like woman. The way you're thinking, dad. <laughs> Go with that, dad. <laughs> I like your version more than mine. But that's the kind of stuff. So I grew up. Thinking grew, about storytelling. Yeah. What qualities are most important for a reporter to have? Curiosity is big. You is have to the, be well sourced. You better know what you're talking about. And if you get it wrong, you better admit. I, I do this when I when I'm calling tennis matches. If I screw up a name or a date, or I'll just say, "Oh God, unforced error." <laughs> <laughs> and and that funny thing is, the first time I did that, I was working with Martina Navratilova. And we were we were calling matches at Wimbledon, and um, I, I screwed up. I don't know. I, for some reason, I was I, I was having a bad day, and like for the third time in one match, I goofed up, and I said, "Oh man, I'm sorry." Another unforcer, and Martina <laughs> said, "Well, you've hit quite a bit of winners too." <laughs> so that cheered me up, and I got better after that. Good <laughs> old Martina. That's a great line. It's oh, that's yeah, it was very kind of her. But that's uh, so. Yes, I think a good reporter has got to care about the story, um, be very well sourced, um, talk to as many people as possible. Um, it depends on again where you get your news from. Why, why do you like why do you like certain news people more than others? You know that they've that they're well connected, that they're they're not just coming up with half baked opinions. They're, and it's not about you. And it's that good lord. Yeah, that's it's imp- about the story or the imp- person or the subject. What advice would you have for an, an aspiring journalist? Go ahead, Jules. Oh, advice for an aspiring journalist. Um, all, all the things we just said, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like You got to care. You got to care. You got to be curious. You got to do your homework. I mean, there's so many people, I think, who come from the athlete world when they go into journalism. I think they underestimate the amount of preparation that goes into Oh, it. absolutely right. Right? That it's, it's, it, and it takes a lot of time, and especially as you get further away from it, to your point, right? That is my, uh, that to me, I, I, 
I worked from, uh, I knew Bud Collins from the time I was, I couldn't believe when the late, great Bud Collins knew my name. I was so honored that this guy knew who I was. Um, but as he aged, the Americans who used to see him on TV all the time knew who he was. But a lot of these younger kids were like, who's this guy in the goofy pants? You mm-hmm. know, like, so you lose, you have to be aware of the fact that you are aging out and you have to stay in there and you have to watch practice sessions. You have to be in press conferences. You have yeah. to, you have to ask questions in press conferences so they know what you know or, and they know, or they know that you care. I mean, that's the kind of stuff I got to tell you, Lynn, um, it hasn't happened anymore, but it used back in the day, I would get letters from students, uh, college kids from Syracuse or, you know, Notre Dame. And dear Ms. Carrillo, uh, I'm so and so and I'm a senior and, and I am majoring in communications and I'm minoring in English and I work for the radio station on the weekends and I love sports and, and I want your job. I love tennis more than anything. I, I want your job. And I would like call them up or I'd write to them and I'd say, all right, first thing, you got to win Wimbledon. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Minor detail. <laughs> Only because the fame counts a lot these days. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of aspiring athletes who want to get into this business think that their name is something they can really glide on. But to your point, Jules, I mean, you really, I, I, I'm very nerdy. I need to feel like I'm prepared. If I walk into something and I, I don't think I know what I'm talking about, oh, it is the, the worst, worst feeling, feeling in the world. It's the worst. I know I'm going to have a bad telecast just because I don't feel yeah. confident. Yeah, you're like not wrong. So much out. of that preparation is just to get you in the right mindset. That's exactly right. Yeah, at least you know you've done the work, mm-hmm. and if it all goes and sideways, you won't use half of it. You and you know that, yeah. and and you've got to be okay with that too. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. All right, so Mary, we have a segment called <laughs> "Most Pressing Questions." Okay. Are you ready? Yes. MC Hammer. When I say MC, you say Hammer. MC Hammer. MC Hammer. Press on. You're a lefty. Yes, you very think, much so. Do you think that explains a lot? Yes. Good. Do you want are these one word answers? Good answer. <laughs> no, I think I have a high amount of leftiosity. And I think lefties. I've never heard that one. Yes, I think lefties. They use a different part of their brain. And yeah, yes, I'm a, I'm a true lefty. I'm also a true Pisces, for whatever that's worth. Kittens or puppies? Oh, puppies. Yeah, not look even, at it. Look not it. even We're a conversation. Only, only because I'm allergic to kittens. I, I like cats. But dogs are, there is no other domesticated animal that comes in so many different varieties because dogs were designed, built, bred to do so many different things. So the dog world is endlessly fascinating. More importantly, yes. What is it like to interview a dog? Oh, they're outstanding. A lot of licks, <laughs> a lot of a lot of dog breath. You know, you got to be able to take that. But that's where you know, that's where breathmans come in. Um, <clears throat> this is a good one. All right. I like when I point out that my questions are good because they're Lynn's. <laughs> Let me actually. be the judge. All right. All right. Go ahead. Lynn's proud of this next one. Uh, fresh squeezed Florida orange juice or New York bagel with cream cheese? Bagel, cream cheese. Not even, again, that's not, not a even close. Call. Not even close. <laughs> Favorite city visited. Ooh. And why? Favorite city visited. Um, vis- um, I guess I'd probably go Florence. Um, mm. I lived in Italy as a kid. I lived in Milan, <sighs> but we went to, I've been to Florence a bunch of times. It's, it's the prettiest. So I think it's, a, 
gorgeous city full of history and architecture and art. I put Florence in that conversation for wow. sure. Yeah, yeah. Have, have you, you done it? Florence? I, ha- I haven't. And you got to go to Florence. This planet. I have. I'm, I'm and I intend to continue. But Florence is a great, great city. Yeah. Okay. We also do a segment. We call this high low cheer because around our dinner table at night we do high low cheer and it's the high of the day, your low of the day, and the cheer is is what. Someone you who did something nice for you, so you're celebrating someone else and their act of kindness. Wait, you do this every day with your kids? Well, when we're sitting around the table having dinner, for sure. Is this a dinner you have cooked? If you don't mind my asking, <laughs> my husband is the chef in the oh, family. Very, I'm really question. Okay. I'm a really good breakfast <laughs> chef. Great at cereal and toast. Okay, all right. So, so give me an example. Give me a for instance. So for for instance, um, uh, and this is going to be for your career if you wouldn't mind okay. high low cheer so high of your career and and for our our kids will say um my high today is that um i loved soccer practice and it was so much fun because i did this and this and this and my low is that uh, i didn't do very well on my test and my cheer is for dad making dinner not mom <laughs> <laughs> So they're subversive little heathens, aren't they, in yes. your household? That's yes. very nice. Okay. So what can you give me an example of your high-low cheer? Oh, damn it. You want to ask the questions uh, well, again, Carilla. Just... I know how it goes. <laughs> okay, my high... Um... This is a professional career. Uh, a career, yeah, career high Where do we? What career are we choosing? Okay. My high is that I've been able to... Make a life out of doing really fun things okay, that's and my living. High. That's oh, a did, co- I, high. did I just steal you just your stole high? My high? Ah, dang it! So you I'm shouldn't not, ask me it? to go first. Uh, that's secondhand high. Second-hand <laughs> that's secondhand high. high. Yeah. Okay. What's your low? My low. Um, professionally, I don't. I don't know that. Um, when HBO Sports uh, dropped its New York-based documentary unit, that was a mm-hmm. big, big. Uh, low for me because I loved I loved doing documentaries. That was a huge, huge uh, blow. What's your cheer, Carilla? Um, it's just for everybody that allows me to spend my days this way. My dad used to say, there should be an 11th commandment. Thou shalt not waste. And he meant, don't waste time, don't waste money, don't waste opportunity, yeah. don't waste anything. And... And I've always remembered that. He, he told me that when I was a little kid. And I just feel like when I'm working, because I love working, I'm not wasting my time, even if, you know, it takes two days to get to where I've got to go. And it takes, uh, and especially if you live in Naples, Florida, it takes you, you know, an extra 14 hours to get anywhere. Um, I never feel like it's a waste. I feel like, oh yeah, this is what I'm supposed so to be doing. Good. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. The shall not waste. The 11th commandment, according to Tony Carrillo. Yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? Really? And it makes you realize, God, you can't and waste. it's so many facets of your life. It's everything. Of course, right? You don't waste your time. Don't waste food. Don't waste yeah. energy. Don't waste, right? Don't waste. Oh, I love that. Yes. Yeah. So, so that's. Me. I know. Tony Carrillo dropping nuggets of wisdom. I love that last one, the 11th commandment, thou shall not waste. I've shared it with friends and kids, my kids. Um, 
That's a good one. What do you, what are your takeaways, Lynn? You want to start or you want me to? You can start. Well, for sure, the be the idiot who says yes, because yeah, that's, that's phenomenal. <laughs> it's so good. And, you know, what's also interesting is I've always thought it's much more important to be interested than interesting in life, right? This quest for knowledge and so interested more than interesting. And so many of us are consumed in how are we interesting on social media or however we put ourselves out there. And she's just interested in learning and going and doing. And um, I love that. I love that mindset and how courageous she is in that regard. Well, it's such a good point. And I was excited to meet Mary Carrillo, because I have admired her career for so long. So I found it really interesting to hear how she got that career. And it's just exactly what you said. She has this unbridled enthusiasm for life, for telling stories, for exploring the world. The other thing that was interesting, too, is how she said she's willing to make adjustments. That if the path isn't opening up one way, she's mm-hmm. she'll go into mm-hmm. a different, take it into a different direction. Yeah, where she's like, oh, they don't need me as an analyst anymore. I'm just going to go do play by play. <laughs> like, no big deal. I mean, that's so hard to do. All right. So, uh, we have a new segment. Our friend Amory Linus last week said, Hey, can we ask questions? You should take questions. Uh, so our new segment, the name came from my friend Katie Button. Thank you very much is called Questions Permitted. And we have a few today. We're just going to do a couple. We're going to be quick. Lynn, what you got? All right. This first one is from a loyal listener and dear friend of the show. Sarah asks, if you could have only one flavor donut for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, you, Lynn? Glazed donuts all day, every day. <laughs> um, I'm going with the cinnamon roll that is larger than my head. And it's, uh, the gooier, the better. I do not like those kind of crunchy, crispy cinnamon rolls. I want it by the time I get to the middle core, it's dripping all over me. The palm of my hand. It's just gooey. It's fabulous. Is a cinnamon roll technically a donut? Oh my gosh. Are we going to do this? Yes. I think so. Why is that? Because it doesn't have a hole? I guess that's the question. What constitutes a donut? Mm. Like, would you say an apple fritter is a donut? I would. You can buy it in a donut shop. Having said that, you can also buy hamburgers, burritos, and lots of things in donut shops that shouldn't be in donut shops. This question got a lot deeper than I anticipated. Yes. Thank you, Sarah. All she wanted to know was what donut we wanted for the rest of our lives. All right, our next one. Who would be your dream guest? This is from Sam. I am four twenty two on Twitter. She'd like to hear from Allie Krieger. Love the Kriegs. So would we. Lynn, who's your dream? I'm going to say Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx. Oh, nice one. I like that. Officially extending the offer and invitation to join us anytime. Come on, Sarah. Um, I'm going to say Ruth, well, I'm going to call her the Notorious R-B-G, Ruth yeah. Bader Ginsburg. How about that? Can you imagine if we had R-B-G on the pod? Shoot. 
Oh, man, let's put it out there as right. All right, that does it for us. We want to hear from you. Let us know your takeaways, questions, feedback. Hit me up on social media. I'm at Julie Foudy on Twitter and Instagram, hashtag it laughter permitted. And as you can see, we love all of the comments. We read all of them and we talk about them. We're so grateful to everyone in our dope village. So as we close out the show, a big thanks to Kate Diaz and Julie Foudy Sports Leadership Academy alum for our awesome theme music. You can find her on Spotify and iTunes. Go support another rad woman. We hope you enjoyed listening. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and rate the podcast. Every subscriber counts. And as always, kids, remember singing along with us. Laughter permitted. Fago cream cheese. Thanks, everyone, for taking the time to listen and to our supporters. So one last shout out to Ally, because the fact is only 8% of people trust their bank. Get that, 8%. And yet most of us never bother looking elsewhere. Money means having options, and that's another fact. For example, options to start a business, quit your job, start a family, retire the way you want, or simply leave a legacy. Ally knows you deserve better, and their mission is to be just that. As a woman, I think this is something, honestly, we don't talk enough about, and we should all be paying attention to our money and where we put it. So look them up. Ask your friends. Ask your teammates. Check out the online reviews, because when it comes to your money and everything you've worked so hard for, your house, your car, your future, are you getting everything you want, or are you merely satisfied? Give Ally a call. When you call Ally, you can chat with a real person 24-7, even on weekends and holidays. For more information, visit ally.com, A-L-L-Y.com, Ally Bank, member FDIC.